Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports and friend of the show. And Brad, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How you doing? What's up, man? It's hard to believe it's week 12 and we are now three weeks away from bowl season. Yeah, I know. It, it is pretty crazy to, to see uh, where everything is at right now. And I'm curious to, to ask you, because obviously with the uh, college football playoff rankings going to be released here soon, I don't think anybody's expecting any major changes there. But uh, just at this point in time and, and seeing the four teams that are probably going to be in the list and just kind of how do you feel like uh, the season's gone for some of those teams and what are maybe some of the biggest surprises when it comes to the college football playoff landscape? Yeah, I think the two most intriguing teams left in this race, John, and, and there's, there's probably seven teams right now competing for four spots. Um, maybe maybe six competing for three because I, I think Georgia, no, no matter what happens, has a, has a locked-in top bid. But LSU and USC right now, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how far the Trojans are you know, back of this top four tonight. That's the only Pac-12 team with any tangible playoff hopes left. So I'm looking forward to seeing where they are and if, if LSU can become the first two-loss team to ever make this Final Four. If, if the Tigers went out, they're going to be in the Final Four. The, the committee's not going to take the SEC champion and, and leave them out. So I think if you're a Tennessee fan, maybe a Michigan and Ohio State fan, you're, you're praying that Georgia – beats LSU by a considerable margin in Atlanta. Yeah, because I'm looking at it now and just kind of thinking about where these teams are at and, you know, maybe whatever the surprises or not. But it's crazy to think about that. You could see a scenario where a two-loss team in LSU could get in. And I think that's always been people's questions is about, you know, yeah. what, you know what teams get the advantage, what happens here. But at the end of the day, it's like you can't, Brad, you cannot leave the SEC champion out if it ends up being LSU. But do you think that – that, like how much controversy will that start? Will there be a lot of people that say it's completely and totally unfair? What do you think the reaction would be if LSU won out and was able to get into the playoff? Oh, I think you would get get some crazy reaction from say a a USC fan base with, with one loss, Pac-12 champion, or or even even you know a a Michigan team that will go into Ohio State next week at eleven and zero, and if they get beat forty-one to thirty-eight, I mean how you know how is that team not necessarily better than LSU, but I think we're going to get Georgia as the one seed. Obviously, the Ohio State and Michigan winners getting in. If TCU goes 13 and 0, they're in. So you're talking about that number four spot coming down to three teams, and that's the Ohio State Michigan loser, a one loss Tennessee, and then USC, unless the Trojans don't win out. But if if I'm a Vols fan right now, I, I feel pretty good about Tennessee's chances. Well, I was just going to ask you, too, because obviously one team is not going to be in this mix when it all is said and done. It's either Ohio State or Michigan because they have to play each other. So what would you say are the chances that three of these four teams that are in there now are still in there come season end? Do you believe in TCU? Do you believe in Georgia? Do you believe in Ohio State? Like, how many? How, what are the chances that three of these four teams end up staying in the playoff when it's all said and done? So for me, TCU needs to win out. I think the committee up until last week has shown us that there's not a ton of respect for the Horn Frogs. You know, the, the committee chair, Boo Corrigan, said about two or three weeks ago that TCU does not dominate in game control. Well, they, they've still beaten, what, four or five ranked teams or at least time of the ranking. So I think if I'm TCU right now, I want to win out and make sure I don't for opinion, basically, for the committee because if – if TCU, for instance, loses this weekend to Baylor, beats Iowa State, and then beats Kansas State and finishes 12-1, and they still have a blemish. But at 13-0, and 0, 
keep a Power Five champion unbeaten out of the playoffs. So TCU can can shut everybody up the way it has all season by just continuing to win. And then I think Ohio State, Michigan loser will have more of an argument, especially this Ohio State because that opening win against Notre Dame that all of a sudden holds water now that Notre Dame's a pretty darn good football team. How do you feel about TCU being able to finish undefeated? Because there are a lot of people that don't believe in them, but it seems like at this point it's it's pretty inevitable unless they meet somebody in the in a team in the Big Twelve championship game that's able to knock them off. Like I mentioned, TCU's beaten five ranked teams, but three of those five teams are no longer ranked. Four, if you're including Texas, you know we don't know if the Texas Longhorns will be ranked tonight. Probably not, but. You know, beating Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma State, all of a sudden those wins in October don't look as good now that we've seen those teams, you know, struggle to get to five or six wins. So uh, TCU is definitely an elite team. I think the Horn Frogs will have certainly earned it if they go 13-0. and But on a neutral field right now, I'm probably going to beat TCU by two touchdowns, right? Maybe maybe that's, that's my SEC bias shining through. But I just don't think TCU is a team that is going to win a playoff game this year even if they get to the Final Four, 13-0. Well, another team, too, or at least a conference, I'm curious to get your thoughts because it seems like, okay, yeah, you're going to have the SEC represented. You think you'll have a Big Ten team, possibly a Big 12 team. Uh, but yeah. it looks like the ACC with Clemson, that was your best chance. doesn't look too good for them. But what about the Pac-12? Because you got USC right there. I know Oregon lost, and that ended up being uh, pretty detrimental to that. But do you see any scenario where uh, USC – where they're nine and one right now finds a way to making their first appearance into the college football playoff. I, I actually took some flag this week, John, because Sunday night I, I do our weekly bowl projection for twenty four seven sports, and I've got USC making the playoff at twelve and one as the four seed. And the way that happens is they they beat UCLA this weekend, they beat a top twenty Notre Dame team in the finale, and then they beat a two loss Oregon team that'll probably be top fifteen. So there's no way the committee's going to leave USC out if the last three times they've watched the Trojans play have all been wins over top 20 teams. Everybody talks about USC's lack of resume right now. Let's let's look at that three weeks from now when they'll have three more wins over top 25 teams. So TCU and USC right now I think are set up best that if both those teams win out, they're going to make it hard on the committee to leave them out because of all the ranked wins they're going to have. Georgia, um, you pretty much think that they're a lock, or, or who do you see teams that are locks, depending on what happens? Because Georgia, they could possibly lose the SEC championship game. Do you think in that scenario they get in? I think if Georgia loses the SEC championship game at 12-0, and the, the lowest I would have Georgia is number two. I mean, I think the committee would even LSU behind Georgia, even if LSU wins that game. I do think LSU would make the playoff probably as the four seed, the first two-loss team to ever make it. But Georgia's pretty much locked in unless something cataclysmic happens and they lose to Kentucky this weekend and then lose to LSU two weeks from now. That's not going to happen. Georgia's locked in right now as the number one or number two seed. Speaking with Brad Crawford of 24-7 Sports here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Uh, I know we keep throwing scenarios at you, Brad, but you mentioned Tennessee. You said you got to feel really good, which I agree with. But uh, say if uh, you know you know, the situation happens where Ohio State beats Michigan, TCU goes undefeated the rest of the way, and you're looking at Georgia, Ohio State, and TCU, all three teams that are for sure getting in. That fourth spot would be interesting because you mentioned USC 
But do you think that they would jump USC over Tennessee if both of those teams won out? Do you think that would be a scenario where they, they leapfrog the Trojans into the playoff? Yeah, I'm going to say this. I don't think Tennessee controls its own destiny like maybe three or four of these other teams do. I think USC will have enough quality wins and as a Power 5 conference champion because that means something. One of the committee's protocol little bullet point listings is conference champion when both teams are even. And I think at 12-1 at and one Pac-12 champion versus 11-1 and one Tennessee, he might be inclined to put the Trojans in. And, and when you look at USC's wins, they're, they're going to have four wins over ranked teams if this scenario carries out. And Tennessee, some of their ranked wins, those teams are no longer in the top 25. Pitt, not ranked. Florida, not ranked. Kentucky has, has flatlined since losing to Vanderbilt. So right now, Tennessee is 2-1 and one against top 25 teams wins over LSU, Alabama, and a loss to Georgia. So are they going to put a non-division winner with a 2-1 and record against top 25 teams in the playoff over a Pac-12 champion? If I was on that committee, I wouldn't. But I know Hendon Hooker and that offense is sexy. So these next two weeks, man, Josh Heupel, he probably needs to score 50-plus against the Gamecocks and Commodores to you know, kind of put the stamp on Tennessee's season. How do you see a matchup between Michigan and Ohio State? Because it seems like – most people talking about the college football four, the assumption is always about Ohio State and Ohio State winning the matchup with Michigan, but they play a game for a reason. And so how do you just see those two teams matching up? Yeah, you know, we thought the same thing last year. I mean, I think a lot of us kind of simulated through Ohio State season after they lost to Oregon and just assumed that they would beat Jim Harbaugh and Michigan showed up at and lined up and beat Ohio State at the point of attack. Basically, the last three months for the Buckeyes has, has come down to these next two games. They've got Maryland Saturday. They'll, they'll win that game going away. And then they have to stop Blake Corman, that Michigan running game. You know, we, and, and we don't know if Ohio State can necessarily do that. We, we've seen the Buckeyes the last couple of weeks, besides last weekend's win over Indiana, sort of struggle putting teams away. When you stop C.J. Stroud in this passing game, Ohio State is beatable. So I think right now I'd, I'd probably give the Buckeyes, you know, six-and-a-half to, to seven-point favorite at home in that game. But, I mean, Michigan has to feel good about where they are because they're the defending champions. The playoff spots in the Big Ten still go through Michigan. And, you know, this is a team that always squeezes its opponent, just sort of takes the life out of you at the line of scrimmage. And Ohio State in the past, when they played teams that equal their physicality or are a bit stronger than them, they get beat. So um, I'm a Michigan fan right now. I, I still feel pretty good about that game in two weeks. Brad, there was a conversation on the show before us. They were talking about the Pac-12 versus the Big 12, and you know there was a lot of people maybe just waving off the Pac-12. But I'm looking at the, the conference right now, and you have six teams in the Pac-12 ranked in the top 25. You got USC at 7, Oregon at 12, Utah at 10, UCLA at 16, Washington 15, Oregon State at 25, do you think that that's maybe just uh, uh, people really putting a lot more value in the Pac-12 and maybe getting these teams a little bit overrated? Or do you think that the Pac-12 conference in general has really become a much more improved conference over time because for a few years they're pretty much a, a laughing stock in major college football? Yeah, I think quarterback play, John, has really become elite out on the West Coast. I mean, Bo Nix was a Heisman candidate, maybe a front runner up until last week. Dorian Thompson-Robinson has picked his – you know, senior season to, to play the best football at, at his career. 
at UCLA under Chip Kelly and, you know, Utah Cameron Rising, multi-year starter. And USC, Caleb Williams, he's probably going to get a Heisman finalist invite too. So if they would not have lost to Oregon, to uh, Washington last week and Arizona uh, uh, winning that game against UCLA, we're talking about four top 12 teams in the Pac-12. That's like SEC-type numbers. And a lot of AP poll voters aren't watching these Pac-12 games either, by the way. So there's, there's some good teams out there. And I think it's a strong enough league that, like I said, if if USC is able to beat UCLA this weekend and then beat Notre Dame and then beat a very good Oregon team, how could you not put USC in the playoff at 12-1? and one? What um, some Outside the SEC, what do you think it is the strongest conference, maybe top to bottom? Hard to say, man. I, you know, if, if you'd ask me that in September, I'd, I'd really like the ACC's chances because at the time there was five ranked teams. And now you see NC State lost its quarterback for the year. State's kind of falling off. Wake Forest has fallen off. North Carolina and Clemson are, are by far the two best teams in that league. Drake May would, would get my Heisman vote. I, I vote in two awards, Belitnikoff and then the Remington. I don't, I don't have a Heisman vote, but he would be my guy right now. I, I think he's kind of the heart and soul of that team. I think the Tar Heels could possibly make the New Year's Six, too, if they're able to beat Clemson in a few weeks. But just to get back to your question, I, I think the Big Ten – would, would probably give the SEC a run for its money from, from top to bottom because a, a team like Illinois at 7-3, at and three, I, would, I would compare them to a program like Arkansas. And right now both those teams kind of mirror each other. But Illinois with Brett Bielema, head coach, I'd probably take uh, fighting a lot out of win that game. Yeah, it's a pretty fascinating thing. And you mentioned the Heisman because uh, you who do you give your vote to? But – who would yeah. you say just overall is the front runner? Obviously, there's going to be different opinions Ooh, getting thrown around. But say, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at because I started looking at stats and players and everything. And there's always guys that get mentioned, you know, get mentioned into the mix. But uh, yeah. if you were a betting man, who would you put your money on to win the Heisman at this point? Yeah, I think the winner of the Heisman is going to be decided in that Michigan-Ohio State game between Blake Cora, Michigan's running back. I think he has 10 straight 100-yard games, has scored in every game this year. Then C.J. Stroud, he kind of had a two-week low, sort of like uh, Bryce Young-esque, and then he had five touchdowns last week. So if one of those guys has a great game against their rival, that's a spotlight game, John, where you know all Heisman voters are going to be watching that Ohio State-Michigan game. And if Blake Corum goes off for you know a buck 95 and three scores, then he might get some first-place votes from a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. But I think it's wide open. I think it's good for college football. The past couple of years, we've kind of known who the Heisman winner would be heading into conference championship weekend. But, uh, man, these last few weeks, I think the odds are pretty right on par right now. And there's three or four guys who could possibly win this thing. If you had to take uh, a quarterback versus the field any other position, are you saying that quarterback wins the Heisman or are you going with uh, the field? Uh, I'll probably go quarterback. I do think Drake May at North Carolina is getting some late momentum here. Uh, at UNC, not lost to Notre Dame. They're pro- he's probably the front runner right now at at ten and zero. But you know, you look at North Carolina's schedule. They they play NC State. I think coming up on on Thanksgiving weekend. I live here in North Carolina. It's a huge game here, but nationally, no one's going to watch that game. And in the Heisman race, man, you you have to be in the national spotlight. So a guy like Caleb Williams at USC, if he's able to beat. UCLA, Notre Dame, and Oregon in the next three weeks, maybe he's the guy that wins it. 
Well, last one for what you get out of here, man. Uh, I got to ask you just a little bit about Arkansas and Ole Miss this upcoming weekend. Arkansas gave LSU all they wanted, but not without K.J. Jefferson. It just wasn't in the cards. Yeah. It's kind of a weird game that no one probably expected. But uh, if K.J.'s healthy this weekend against Ole Miss, do you like their chances? you think that they can overcome that and end up getting a victory? Just what do you think about the overall matchup? Tell you what, man, I, I really missed the boat on – on Arkansas this year, you know, I, I was one of those many that hyped this team up a bit, a bit too much over the summer, and now coming out of year three, John, let's let's say Arkansas splits these last two games, loses to Ole Miss, Missouri, and wins the bowl game. That's two games over five hundred for Sam Pittman, nineteen seventeen. After year three, I mean, what, what's what's the fan base's take after that? Are they are they happy with a five hundred program? You know, it just. It's kind of strange that, that Arkansas and Kentucky were both top ten at the end of September, and now both those teams have flatlined due to injury, offensive line issues, defensive issues. But I don't know. I, I think Arkansas can certainly win this game Saturday night if K.J. Uh, Jefferson is, is healthy. But if not, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably going Rebels. Well, at least uh, people there in Razorback Stadium will hopefully have an enjoyable tailgate where it's going to be about 30 degrees at kickoff at 6 o'clock that nice. night. So, yeah, load up on gumbo and the fireball, boys. It's going to be a cold one there for Fayetteville. But, Brad, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. Enjoy the rest of the college football regular season, man. I know we'll be catching up with you later down the road. Thanks for having me, man.